Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And tonight, of course, is men's night or boys' night or whatever. Anyways, we've got no end, so we're on our own, and we can misbehave and have a good time. So there you go. So I figured, who could uh, misbehave as much as me? And I said, ah, I know a guy. I'm Scott by the name of Stephen Scott. So without further ado, let me introduce to you someone who I've had the pleasure to meet. He is an amazing spiritualist medium. He is Stephen K. Scott. Is it K? I hope it's K. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that, Ron. Uh, I've been called worse. <laughs> no, what is it? Don't you use a K? Is it a K? Yeah, WK. It's my, um, ah, WK. It's, yeah. it's my middle initials. Yeah. Damn, it was so close. So close. Yeah. Anyway, only a so, few more letters. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. And and for those who don't know, Stephen is is also uh, very much into Aikido, uh, which I, I did a bunch when I was in college, which was many moons ago. <laughs> uh, you still doing that, Stephen? Yes, I am. Yeah, I still teach that uh, four at least four times a week at the moment. Um, what times, huh? Yeah, 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 four times. Uh, sometimes more. It depends how early I can get people up on a Sunday. And it's uh, it's an interesting uh, martial art discipline. Uh, it's a little different than some of the others. But uh, I, I think, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about that because it is a discipline. So does it help you with your mediumship? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I honestly think that uh, my training in martial arts played a massive role in providing me with the mental conditioning required and the discipline required to um, take, you know, what was happening with me on a more spiritual level as I was developing and didn't know it, uh, you know, take it forward and to keep it going. So, yeah, I think it played a huge part. Yeah, I, I, it would. I mean, I, I wish, and I wish more than anything that I could have that discipline. And it, I don't. I just, I'm not that person. And no matter how much I try, I mean, even uh, be honest, with you, you know, I'm a good old Catholic boy. So even in a church, sometimes I, I find my mind wandering and, and losing that concentration and losing that discipline that that you need for a lot of different things. And even in ghost hunting, it's the same way. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, come on, let's, something happen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Three o'clock in the morning, usually is when the brain starts to really go on you. And you're like, well, okay, let's, you know, what what did I have for dinner tonight? <laughs> oh, no, wait, wait, was that a beep? Was that a knock? <laughs> <laughs> Drat, I missed it. Was it sausages? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah, what exactly. happens. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's always been a, a failing of mine, I guess. Um, it, it it is a failing in that in that particular way, but it has helped me in other ways. And that my mind looks at things a little differently than uh, other people's. I think uh, so. I don't know. 
anyway, that's a switch, but I don't know how we get around that. But I, I just thought Aikido was so cool, and and I was wondering if it did help you with your your uh, uh, mediumship, and and you answered that question for us. So I know I know like I have to go to the health club, and I, I go and work out, and of course I absolutely hate it, <laughs> but uh, I do it, and then when I come in, I'm totally exhausted. Does is that the same way? Does it wear you out, uh, or, or, or are you refreshed uh, when you when you uh, do Aikido? Oh no, I, f- I feel a thousand percent after Aikido. Um, I usually find that my body feels nice and relaxed, mm-hmm. tired but relaxed. Right. Uh, my mind feels sharper. My uh, senses tend to be a lot more open. I tend to feel happy or happier, certainly um, after we've trained. And it's because it, it gets all that adrenaline going. And it's it, I'm quite blessed in that um, when I teach, I, I just be myself. I don't pretend to be someone else. So when people see me teaching, what they're seeing is the real me. And it's a little crazy. It's a little wacky. It doesn't <laughs> take itself too seriously. It takes the, the, the martial arts seriously. It takes everything about it seriously. It takes the discipline aspect seriously. But I don't take myself too seriously. You know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just a, sh- a short, fat, ginger Scotsman throwing much fitter <laughs> guys about the room, you know, and, and and it shouldn't happen, but it does. Uh, and that's just the way of it. So that's, yeah, and it's it's... It's like any endeavour that we do, Ron, is, as long as we go into it being honest with ourselves about who we are, then, you know, that's the most important thing, you know. And, and as you said earlier, even during times when you shouldn't, if if you find you'll, your, your train of thought sometimes goes, that's who you are. That's what makes you the original Van Helsing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that when I played hockey and, and I played up until just a few years ago, and to me that oh. was the... Mm-hmm. the the greatest thing i mean it's such a uh that's probably been the one thing that really gave me any type of discipline uh was hockey because you're you're on the ice and you know it's not just you you've got a team around you and and uh you know it's not like the games the games meant things so Mm -hmm. you know you went out there you 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 did 120 percent and and if you didn't you heard about it and and uh which was fair and uh because you know you let yourself down you let your your teammates down as well but when you're done i mean you go out there you're totally exhausted but afterwards you totally feel great and uh i i know that even for instance like if you have colds and stuff if you're coming down with a cold or even might even have a little bit of the the flu and you go out and you play hockey and, and it seems to like kick the crap out of it and you, mm-hmm. you feel much better the next day it's yeah so strange yeah there's always we've always got something that just allows us to tap into that little bit of reserve that little bit of inner strength that we have that that brings out the very best in us and every single one of us has got something like that we may not have found it yet but it's there you know and i, th- I think that's important that everyone recognizes that you know that every single person on this planet has something that they are good at and they are strong at and it brings out the very best in them. And, that, you know, within the club and, you know, within churches and within development, I always try and encourage people to go out and just try and be the best they can with what they have, you know, and Absolutely. don't be afraid to try. That's the most important thing. 
Oh yeah, that's that's it. You know, I would love to try ice hockey, but I would be like Bambi on ice. I'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. No, no, I've never had skates on in my life. I would, I would, I would spend more time on the ice than the puck, Ron. Uh, you know what? I, uh, I, I didn't start playing until I was much, much, much older. I never even skated before, and I had a, a hard time. But uh, you know, and and I wasn't the the best skater or shooter. I mean, I was the captain of the teams, but. Uh, I, you know, I worked my ass. Everybody knew I was going to go out there and give 120%. And uh, that was part of it. But anyways, uh, so when you do like Aikido and everything, do you do you sometimes pick up spirit while, while you're teaching? Well, oddly enough, um, sometimes, sometimes you get the sense of, not so much spirit coming in because my my mindset is in a completely different place. You know, I'm I'm not open to it. I, I keep that side of me closed, but right. you can't shut them out completely. Um, what I am aware of is very often, if I can use the term, the spirit of the martial art itself, mm-hmm. and what it means and what it's about. You can feel that permeate the room on a good night when everyone's working hard and everyone's got good energy levels and everyone's trying their best. Um, you really get that. It's almost like the, the the energy in the room starts to lift, you know. And what's really strange is we start our class with a little ritual where you sit and you bow before what's called the kamiza, the seat of the gods, yep. where we have the founder's photo and the weapons, and you do two, you perform two claps with your hands. I. I know we've had a good night because at the start of the class, very often the the double clap, excuse the noise, the double clap that we do is very often out of sync. So it sounds like maybe six claps Mm -hmm. from everyone. But by the end of the night, it's like a military thing. Everyone's in complete sync with those double claps. Mm -hmm. And that's this kind of of spirit of the art coming into the room and infusing everyone. So we're all actually on the same level at the end of the evening. Um, so that's really I, I I hear that quite a lot on occasions, and it's um, it, it makes me smile. I have a big smile on my face. The students can't see me because I'm facing away from them. But mm-hmm. that that's the point where I know, yeah, everyone's got it tonight. It's everyone's working class, on the same right? level. Yeah, absolutely. We're all on the same level, you know. And it really does make it really makes me smile. But no one sees it. You know what I mean? So it's you know that's. Um, that's the way it should be, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm smiling thinking about it just now because it, it, it has that effect on me. It's it's a great feeling to know that everything's just came together the right way and the spirit of what we're doing has infused the room, you know. And there's a little part of me likes to think that, you know, O-Sensei comes in and stands there and basically looks, you know, angry at me because I'm still not doing enough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, you know, points his points his little wooden sword at me, and, and um, absolute um, disgust at how bad my aikido is. <laughs> you know. Uh, now you the, you mentioned something earlier in the beginning of the, the class and so forth, and and that that's uh, you find that in a lot of disciplines where you do have that spiritualism infused in in like everyday things, like <laughs> like martial arts, like sports. Uh, mm-hmm. Even in sports, they have uh, a type of. Uh, uh, whether whatever it is, I mean, some some uh, teams will actually do a prayer and a and a thing, or, or if they don't do a prayer, they do some type or other ritual. But it's it is it's a ritual. It, mm-hmm. That that seems to, I think 
uh, I, I'm, I'm just guessing is it, it's is that you bring in spiritualism into that particular uh, thing that you're doing. It, it, it it's a like a, a training. Do you think that? Am I saying this right, or am I probably not coming yeah. right? No, I understand exactly what you're talking about. It's it's these little rituals that focus our mind and focus our inner spirit That's into what word, we're yeah. trying to focus. achieve. Yeah, yeah and we're, we're really looking to focus. It's if you, I'll go from the sublime to the ridiculous. As you say, that slightly team that maybe has the quiet prayer before they go out, or they have a certain ritual they do, right down to the guy who wants to wear the lucky jock strap before he goes out on the field to oh, play basketball. Yeah. It happens. I've been there. I've seen people do this. Uh, you mentioned hockey earlier. Way back when I was at school, uh, and that was a long time ago, I used to play hockey for our school team, and but not ice hockey. We played on um, what, what was called blaze. It's that type of compacted red clay that if you fall on it, you'll lose half your face. You'll literally come up like Harvey Dent at the end oh, of it. like street hockey. Yeah, street hockey, that type of thing. And um, I had to have one stick. I was goalkeeper. I had to have one stick. There were about 40 sticks in the batch of all the school hockey sticks. And if I couldn't get the one stick, I knew I was in for a bad game. Now, self-fulfilling prophecy, perhaps. But if I didn't get the lucky stick, because I played one good game with that stick, uh, you know, and in my mind, I started to create this reality where I couldn't stop a ball getting past me if I didn't have this one stick. That's what happens in sports because we get that break and then we start to believe in it and we make it real. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I don't know if we make it real or we become or of that visual. mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it it actually reinforces our our uh, drive. It gives us something to focus on more than uh, anything else. I mean, hockey players are probably the most superstitious of all. I mean, you you sat in the same place in, in the locker room with the same people next to you. You know, you wore the same socks. If if you had a different colored one, then you wore a different color one if you were doing mm-hmm. well. Uh, you know, in the yeah. playoffs, hell, you never shaved. That's for damn sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so it, 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 they're very superstitious as far mm-hmm. as that, too. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it Sometimes it lies in a certain person or a certain event or a certain thing, and we we make these rituals around ourselves. We also do it in real life, you know, out out, out with our sports. Yeah, and we also do it within when we're working with spirit. There are people who I know who I've met who can't function unless they have X, Y, and Z in place, and that's one of the tricks. Not the tricks. That's one of the lessons you need to learn when you're working with spirit is that you need to kind of, it's not about gathering more tools along the way. It's about stripping them back so that you don't need anything, but perhaps just that moment to tune in. It's not about gathering. It's about removing um, so that you don't become trapped in the, that, that need for, you know, the right cushion, the right chair, the right moment, the right amount of time to meditate, the right crystal, the right ring, the right, you know, emblem. It's about stripping all that back and really taking a good look at yourself and why you feel you need them. And well, uh, I've, I've learned a lot about my martial arts from that as well. But is that kind of like tools, for instance? I mean, you look at, at tarot cards or, or uh, you know, crystals, as you mentioned, or a pendulum. It, it's basically a, a tool of of uh, focus, basically. I Absolutely. Mean, you know, you, yeah. 
you're looking you're looking at for instance you drive tarot cards and uh, for two different people you can draw the same cards but you get different readings for each mm-hmm. of them and and the cards haven't changed it just your focus has changed somehow on it you are mm-hmm. seeing something a little different in that card that is how you get the reading versus the the, the same card that you saw somewhere else with That's someone right. else. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can pick two different cards for two different people, for example, and you uh, you will immediately get two different stories begin to evolve from within your own consciousness and from within your own spirit and within your own psychic awareness of what's happening in front of you. And uh, quite literally, what you're doing is you're tuning into their response to the card and picking up in that and relaying that back to them. And very often, it's not about how you perceive the card. It's about how you perceive the information coming forward from them through their transmission of what they see in the card as well. So there's a whole cycle of information there. Um, What's really interesting, though, is, uh, and I'm going to the extremes of things again here, is that when we talk about, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the short-term foci, I suppose, uh, a single focus or things to use. Interestingly... Uh, within the, the Spiritualists National Union over here, I don't know about internationally, I'm sure it applies internationally as well. When you work from platform, you're not allowed to have a focus. So you can't take a crystal, you can't fiddle with a pendant, you can't touch a, you know, play with a ring on your hand. Oh, really? Yeah, because you need to be providing information directly from spirit. The, the production of a focus introduces an intermediate element that may be communicating or allowing you to communicate that's not coming from your connection and that's not permitted oh that's With interesting it. yeah yeah that's like we were told that in our platform accreditation that we did so if you have a pendant and you play with it you're not allowed to do that or you're theoretically not allowed to do that independent churches don't care but if, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you go to a die-hard spiritualist church that's part of the SNU, then you really shouldn't be doing that. So you uh, tell us a little bit about that, uh, the, the, the church in itself, and, and how do you become uh, a medium for the, for the church, or how you mm-hmm. ex- are you accepted as a medium for the church? Wow, that's a, that's a big question. Um, what usually happens... Traditionally, what would happen is that um, you would join a church and you would go to the church for an an extended period of time. Then you would eventually, over time, become accepted as a member of the church and then you would be uh, permitted the opportunity to go to one of the open circles. Uh, If there was an open circle in place, then you would work in the open circles for several years. Then you may, if and I'll be very honest here, you may, if your face fits and your attitude fits and you and and you fit what they're looking for, you may be permitted into the closed circle. Then within closed circles, you would be encouraged by the mediums that they have there to develop all the skills that you have. And um, beyond that point, that's then where you would then go out and accompany a medium on platform as they went about their business to go ahead and uh, continue developing, watching them and occasionally giving messages over a course of years mm-hmm. until you, that medium determined that you were fit for purpose and then you would get out into the real world and perhaps be allowed to go your own way. 
Now, in theory, well, n- not in theory, there are still some churches where that takes place. However, what's happened with the recent boom in you know, people being interested in the paranormal, the spiritual, that type of thing is there are now a lot more open circles out there. So a lot of people go to open circles. A lot of people can develop independent of the church setup and the church um, development cycle, which is good because it gives people who perhaps didn't fit in or didn't have a place to go a chance to go into other development areas, which is great. What's not so great is is that because there's so, there's so little closed circles nowadays, there's so little defined development from you know genuine mediums. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm talking about people who do this, but perhaps do it for reasons other than just the development of spiritualism itself. Mm-hmm. And within that, uh, it starts to, I'll use the term churn, churn out a lot more people who can deliver messages in circles that they which is easy because you've got a mass amount of energy generated into one small circle location uh, and everyone is quite willing to take that information on board. They then go out and end up on platform and suddenly find that they get stuck because they are either getting put forward too early, have taken themselves out of the development process and taken themselves forward too early or lack any of the necessary development skills, i.e. people skills, the ability to communicate with people you know, not with spirit, because uh, I've sat in the audience in a few independent churches and I've seen people on platform talking to members of the congregation or the audience if it were an open platform. Uh, I'm trying to remember, what was it you, you call them again? It's, um, you don't call it a platform, it's the... Um, gallery? Gallery, thank you, Ron. Yeah, uh, when they do gallery readings, for example, and the way they're talking to the people in the gallery is completely disrespectful because really? they've not. Oh yeah, really bad, really bad. I couldn't even repeat here some of the things that I've heard. Seriously? Uh, yeah, seriously, seriously. It's it's either derogatory or it makes fun of them, you know. And that's because these are ones that are just coming through, independent of any governing organisation, but more importantly, independent of their of the, their own sense of personal self and where they actually are. And that's really important because you are the best determination of whether or not you are ready to get on platform and if you've an honest look at yourself you will know yes or no whether or not you're ready for it oh wow that's that's intriguing um i just uh, let you know we're having some severe thunderstorms and lightning right now so oh, wow. i may get kicked off by hopefully not but i uh usually we're okay here but you, you never can tell so anyways, uh, which that should increase the energy, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, you know, a lot of the, I, I'm just trying to think about, like, you have mediums and, and, and they do what they do very, very good, like what you do. And, and, but a lot of people... Uh, or a lot of times spirit will try to go through other people mm-hmm. and uh, do they allow that in the spiritualist circle or, or is that not allowed? Uh, in what context, Ron? Sorry. Well, so say, I mean, say you having a, uh, a circle and uh, I, 
our, 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 our meeting, I, I remember doing a spiritualist uh, ceremony with you, and some of the audience get something. Are they allowed to speak up and say, you know, I've got this message. I don't know who it's for or, or whatever, or is that just frowned upon? It's with, within the scope of a service. It's it's sort of frowned upon because that without any disrespect intended to anyone, anyone can stand up in an audience and cl declare they've got a message for someone. Mm -hmm. And really, it's down to this is where the discipline of the circle leader becomes important or the service leader or, you, you, you know, the chairperson for that service because right. they're the ones that are supposed to take that into hand and say, well, hold on, you're not on platform. It's mm -hmm. this individual here who's on platform and they're the ones giving the messages tonight. But thank you for that. And if you do have something, feel free. We can all get together at the end and we can discuss what you've got. Oh, okay. So in, right. in the midst of a service? Yes, in the midst of a service. Within a circle, it's down to the circle development leader to whether or not they want to allow people to just randomly throw things out because it can be very disruptive. Uh, I've, I've led circles and um, I've taught people how to develop, how to meditate, how to relax. And most of what you do in circle is about you. People think it's about spirit, but it really should be about you. Because when you're in development, what you're wanting to do is to learn to strip back as I said earlier, all the stuff that goes through your head on a daily basis so that all the information and communication you get, when you function as a medium, you need to be 100% certain, 100%, not 99.9, 100% certain that the information you're getting is coming from a third-party source that exists within a realm parallel to ours that contains the spirit entity of another person who has a message for someone in front of you. If you're even 0.1% convinced that the message you're receiving or any part of it is coming from inside your own head, you need to get rid of that information as quick as possible and then make sure that you get back onto what the actual message is about. Mm. And that's where the development becomes important because that's why there's so much meditation, relaxation, getting to know yourself, getting to know how your own body feels when you're relaxed, getting to know how your own body reacts to information coming into you and whether or not that's coming from you or coming from an external source. Okay. Uh, that's so what the development we, should be about. We actually have to take a break right now. The two no planes. So you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Ron Kolick and our special guest, Stephen Scott. And we'll be right back after the following message right here on Tojanet and Pararex. Harry Price, I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. While well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2, 
But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Damn, I love that music. Yeah, listen, it goes Chronicles, Next Generation with New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kolick, and my special guest, Stephen W.K. Scott. Hey, Scottish. 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 Hi. 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 So, anyway, uh, if anybody has a question for Stephen or myself, they can certainly uh, post it in the uh, TojiNet chat or the Parax chat. So, there you go. Um, just before the break, you were talking about separating your inner voice from the outer voice, and we did have a question from uh, Ceiling Cat in the uh, Pararex. It says, how, how do you separate the inner voice versus the outside voice? Well, that's, that's a great question. Uh, the first things that you have to do, or the first thing that you need to be able to do is to understand fully all the thoughts, feelings, emotions, you know, indications that come from you, because it's, it's a simple process of elimination. When you sit quiet and you meditate and you, you learn to quieten your entire body, your mind and your spirit down, and something comes in, if there's nothing in you it can come from, it's coming from somewhere else. But you have to be in that point where you're, you can say 100%, yeah, I managed to lose myself completely there and strip everything back so that I wasn't thinking about, you know, what I had for tea. I wasn't thinking about, you know, how I'm going to make my rent payment this month. I wasn't thinking about someone coming to the door or walking past the window. Everything was stripped back. And when you eliminate everything else, that information must come from somewhere. And that's the ultimate goal of the medium is to serve as a conduit between spirit connection and the individual that you're trying to deliver the message to. And this is why when I mentioned earlier, it's easy to do in circle because everyone's sitting quiet and everyone meditates and then someone gets something. Mm-hmm. But when you're standing in, in front of a gallery of about 100 people and you're on your feet and there's bright lights, you know, and there's expectation and they're all watching you and you're getting nothing, 
and you're getting smaller and smaller and smaller on that <laughs> stage, you need to be able to stand firm in your own skin and say, no, I keep going with this because if I keep letting go, if I keep stripping back, they're going to come to me. Because you need to not worry about, am I doing well? What do they think of me? Does my suit match my shoes? You know, None of this can enter your mind, particularly when you do hit a point that everything seems to kind of fall flat. And on top of that, you need to be engaging with the crowd to keep the energy up, perhaps bringing a little bit of humour, perhaps bringing in a little bit of, uh, when I say entertainment, I don't mean you start juggling, but you need <laughs> to bring something to keep the energy going so that you can tap into that and that can fuel you and that can be the light that draws spirit in. You know, you've got all of that happening. So there's a huge difference between development circle and platform. Oh, okay. So... Um... I know that, like, for instance, we do our red light seances and and the the main goal. I mean, we've been doing this for well over two years now, uh, sitting in the, the circle doing it and, and with with, you know, veritable results. Uh, so mm-hmm. extremely good. And so but I noticed that uh, it, and part of what we do there is we want everybody to participate. So if they they do get. Uh, a message or, 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 or a damage or, mm-hmm. or, or feel like they've heard something, smelled something, been touched or whatever. We want that to be expressed. And yeah, yeah. It, it's a good thing because and my theory was that, for instance, if there was a spirit that was coming through and uh, it was, say it was a female spirit and she was abused by her father or husband or something like that, she might be, be more uh, willing to go through a, a woman or a, versus course, yeah. a, a thing, so mm-hmm. th- that's kind of what. <clears throat> but that being said, I, I've also realized there were times, especially I, I don't know why, but when we've had uh, seemed to be more mediums involved in a circle, is that we have conflicting instead of building mm-hmm. or, or, or connecting on a single spirit. Everything we, we seem to have. Uh, you know, conflict at time versus two spirits. So, uh, what's your thoughts on that? That's I'm yeah. curious. That's a great question, Ron, because it's what you'll be getting is not conflict from the two spirits. Um, and just before I answer that, uh, I just also like to say that it's it's great when you're in development that everyone feels they can contribute. That's really important, and that shouldn't be held back. And I hope that's not how it came across, um, because. When you're working in development, everyone needs to feel safe and that they can all say something and do something, particularly the stuff you're doing with the red light seance. And uh, what says volumes about how much respect and everything you have for what you're doing is, is that you've been holding that circle now for a long time and everyone's been developing, you know, but you've kept it all about the people and about the work. You know, after the first incident uh, or piece of evidence it wasn't you know straight out there onto facebook onto youtube look what happened in the video you've kept it all very very professional and that's what i was talking about is it's it's about keeping it's about maintaining the dignity of what we're trying to achieve here which is genuine communication you know and and to take that out of there and into the world and in a different way you know in that very very different way and I've, i've got a great amount of respect for that and it's important that People understand there's a difference between what I'm talking about there and, um, you know, genuinely allowing yourself to um, develop within a proper circle. You know, I love reading about your red light seance. I think it's an amazing thing. Oh, but, thank um, 
If you ever get what? over here, you'll have to sit in. I would love to come back over there and sit in on it. It'd be absolutely amazing. I would love to see that. Um, but what happens is, is that very often you can put two mediums in a room and they can tune into the same spirit and get a completely different message. So I tend to not think of it as conflict within the spirit. What I tend to think of it is, is that different people... I've lived a very different life from you, Ron. It, it must be said. I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. It's. I mean, I look older yeah, than you. Yeah, we have sunshine that, here. That's all we need to say. Right? I look ten years older. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think it's because we have we have sunshine here in New England, and, and Scotland doesn't have sunshine. They haven't invented it yet. Sunshine. What's sunshine. That? Sunshine. That? Yeah. See, I didn't think it's all. <laughs> oh, it's not even in our vocabulary. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> and. Um, we could sit down and the information that I get, we could have one spirit connection coming in and that spirit connection talks to me about things that I can relate to because they can only use my knowledge to get the information across. Likewise, they could only use your knowledge to get the information across. Mm -hmm. So what they may do is you may get a spirit that goes into the background in the history of your, of connections with your family that bring out information relevant to one person. Mm -hmm. Whereas with me, they would go into per perhaps, for example, they may talk about martial arts or things like that. So we could deliver a message and um, from the same spirit. One's about family and about family connections and people coming over and forging new lives for themselves through their parents, grandparents, all that kind of thing that they could have from your side. And they can relate to that. And then on my side, they, they could have someone coming through saying, I'm getting someone showing up in a, a martial arts outfit here and they talk about their grandson or something who's just started and they're loving it and you know that the the the, the spirit you have is with them and watching them and seeing them grow and develop and come out of their shell and that's important so once one situation is all about family one situation is all about family as well but in a different context so it's it's both a family message but two, they sound like two completely different things all coming from one spirit using two different mediums with two different life experiences to get to the same point which is about here or looking out for you or taking care of you. So See, it's, what are, yeah, go sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead. It's, it, it's important when we get spirit coming in that we, we try and not look for the conflicting information so much, but look at, and don't worry about when you make that connection. If you have a, I don't mean a genuine connection, but whether that connection or not is one of those is interlinked uh, with, each and every person there, or if it's going to just the one individual. Because also when spirit come in, they can deliver a message that's aimed at three people, but identified for one, for example. So you get a message, I could bring a message forward that, that means everything to you and 70% to the person next to you. That doesn't mean that the person, or you know, the person three rows behind, that doesn't mean the person three rows behind should negate this. Because other than perhaps a name or a place or an event, they can take everything else. Now, what sometimes happens is, is that because t time for us is limited, quite literally, um, time for us is limited. And when you're working on a platform basis or a circle basis, time is extremely limited. You have 40 minutes to an hour, perhaps slightly more, depending you know, where you are and what you're doing. Right. So sometimes you'll get one, two or three spirits lined up who have effectively the same message to get out to three different people and between them through you and through your guide etc 
they will deliver the information that gets the most amount of information out in one go without that need to singularly identify each and every one. It's then down to the recipients to understand and listen. And that's why it's important, even if you don't think a message is for yourself and you're in a service or a circle, listen to it because there could be a part of it there that is 80% for you. And unfortunately, what sometimes happens is, particularly with galleries and churches, people get that 80% and they think, oh, but I didn't have an Uncle Frank. I had an, an Uncle Francis, but not an Uncle Frank. Right. So that's not for me. Everything else makes sense, but not that part about Francis or Frank. You know? And, it's, you, know, and you hear people coming up to you at the end, they'll shake your hand and say, thank you for the service. But, you know, I thought that was for me, but, you know, it wasn't Frank, it was Francis. But the birthday was right. The place was right, the street name was right, the house name was right, the colour of the dog was right, the <laughs> of the dog was right. But just that name Francis just threw me. And I, I would say to them, but what about the message? Oh, I didn't listen to the message. <laughs> I just looked. And I'm like, but what if it was for you? But I don't know. I don't know, Francis. I knew a Frank. I'm like, yeah, but I get it. You knew a Frank. Stop talking about Frank. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's that type of thing. Uh, and very often that, that that can happen. So sometimes what seems in conflict is actually in concert. We just don't see it at the time. But don't you also get the other way around too, where you get people like who photobomb a spirit and, and, and oh, that yeah. it's a message for one person, but... Yeah. They grab that message. And, and the they, message they, grabber, that's it. Yeah, 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 you do. You do. But you know it's not right. Because How, What do you do with that? Right. I just, I'm very polite to it. Do you know what it feels like, Ron? This is, I'm going to put it in, this is manly terms here. We'll understand this. You know when you're using a bandsaw and you try and start it the wrong way, you start it against the blade instead of with the blade? Right. Yep. That's what it feels like. It's like the message starts to become very staccato. Mm -hmm. And you know, do you know, this just isn't for you. It's for someone else. Now, that again, that's down to the medium. That's down to their training, their development, and also their confidence. Because you're standing there. There's 50 people in front of you. You're giving out information. You say, does anyone understand that? And boom, this hand goes up quick as a rocket. And you look at them and you say, you ask them what they understand. You would understand this. You would understand that. Yes, 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 yes. And then you think, this doesn't feel right. It's like the saw going in the opposite direction as to how it's supposed to start. And you think, no, that this, this just isn't right. You need to have the confidence to stand there and say, well, hang on. This does not feel right to me. I'm going to see if it applies anywhere else. It's very easy for you to just throw the message to them and hope it gets somewhere. Now, again, personally, I don't do that. I don't, I'm too obstinate and I've, you know, I've, I've visions of my mother wag, wagging a finger at me, talking about taking the easy route and all that kind of thing whenever I do things like that, you know, God bless her. But um, so it's, it, it, it's usually what will happen is you will, someone else will take it, but there's a reason they're not taking it at the moment. And it could be because they're shy, it's public, they don't want to hear about it. It's too raw for them. They don't yeah. think they can accept it at the moment. Uh, uh, but they will always be able to be someone who can take the majority of the message there. And it's it's the medium's job to find them. Yeah, see, that's, that's thing. the thing, too. I, I've, I've been to, you know, readings where, uh, not me, but, uh, you know, reputable mediums where, where messages will get out there and, 
and they'll be for a specific person, then you'll have the, the message grabber, and then they say, oh, that's that's for them, and they, they give up on it. In other words, they, they say, oh, that's that wasn't for me because she said it was her father or whatever. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and they end up not getting the message that they were supposed to get. But they will get it as long as they continue to listen. Mm-hmm. But again, it's it's down to the medium to say, no, that's definitely not for you. And that, that, that takes guts to stand there on the platform and say, and I'm not saying that to make myself sound great, it really, because trust me, there's there's a little voice in the back of, back of my head goes, just give it, just get it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going, move on. You look like an mother? idiot. Is yeah. that your mother? <laughs> no, that's not my mother. That's the little, that's, let's call him Little Steve. Okay. <laughs> that's little Steve. That's the little ego Steve that wants yeah. to be, uh, that wants to do brilliantly for everyone and not let anyone down. Uh, but I tend to crush him under my boot as often as I can and keep him oh, out of the way. Um, <laughs> so it's yeah, it's really important that the medium must control the message, not the audience, not the client, anything like that. They have to be in control. Otherwise, what's happening is is that I guarantee you the next link that comes along or the next again one, their hand's going to go back up. Oh, yeah. And I've actually served in a church where one night the message grabber did get the message. <laughs> it was for them. It was for them. <laughs> and it, it was the weirdest thing because everyone, I swear, everyone in the church looked at me like, oh, you're just giving it to her because it's easy. You know, and uh, that was the look. You know, you're just giving her it. And I thought, no, this is actually for her. This is not for anyone else. You know, and she was sitting there with her daughter and she came up at the end and said, do you know, <laughs> that's it. she said, that's the best message I've ever had. And I said, well, thank you very much. Yeah, because it was for you, that's why. Exactly. <laughs> that's because it was actually for her this time. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, she wasn't oh, making so it fun. fit. Um, you know, yeah, so that that, that, that happened at my local church, actually. It was, it was quite funny, you know. But, so. um, yeah, that's the little things that make you smile sometimes. <laughs> now, the uh, one of the problems that we have uh, with the red light seance is that I don't think it's a problem. I, I might take that. But one of the the, the misconcepts is that uh, when we do the red light seance, the red the, pri- the red light seance is primarily for physical mediumship. I mean, that's what our ultimate goal is to have spirit work with us through physical uh, mediumship, which, if, for those who don't know, is is actually uh, connecting with objects and and things in our realm. And, and answering questions at times uh, with physical objects. Uh, am I saying that right? That that's not right? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. It's, it's where spirit is able to step back from just a, communicating on a mental basis and right. either give active, you know, direct voice communication that can be heard, give rapping sounds, uh, manipulate objects, um, right. materialize even, if possible. Yeah. You know oh, things yeah. like that. It's a it's a really it's an amazing thing if you're ever able to be part of it and to see it and to experience it. Um, really, um, yeah. So, it's, when you go around, sorry. And that's all right. So so what we happen is 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 we we still have the mental mediumship. We still have mediums here and people at the table who get messages, but we ha- we try to get the spirit to speak to us through moving objects or, or uh, a lot of table tipping, a lot of, definitely a lot. I mean, we, we sit around a, a huge table, so it's not one of these little tiny little mm-hmm. DVDs. So we have it 
to work through. And sometimes, once again, we, we get spirit who are there just to work with us uh, on, this, on this modality. In other words, they're not necessarily there to bring us a particular message or anything, but just to work with us. Uh, this, this, have you ever had that happen? Or, or does that yeah. even sound? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I've sat in on a couple of circles, and one of the churches I used to frequent, um, we had uh, we did a regular kind of sitting, and we did different. We uh, uh, ex- experimented, the best word, with a lot of different types of mediumship. You know, trans, physical, okay. mental mediumship, healing, all that kind of thing. And yeah, I've experienced it. Um, what I think it feels like is, it's kind of like you see all these you know grown people, men and women sitting around a table. And you do kind of feel like a child in a child's play pit. <laughs> and spirit of the adults coming in saying, right, everyone, just play nice, sit there, we'll tell you, okay, it's not, I said, now don't worry, everyone, you, you know, Stephen, eat your carrots. You know, that's <laughs> kind of what it feels like. You do feel like you're just kind of dabbling in a world that is so much bigger than what you can currently perceive within this physical form. You, you know, that, that, I mean, when we stop and think about what that physical mediumship's about, it's about... It's, it's about a non-physical form traveling between spirit realm into our realm, which is a lot denser, a lot heavier, a lot thicker, a lot slower, and then being able to take command of aspects of our physical world for whatever reason and manipulate and control them, you know, using only the energetic form and substance that they have and whatever's on hand to be used. You know, it, it's mind-boggling. It's absolutely mind-boggling. You know, whether it's making stuff appear, taking stuff away, moving, making sounds, whatever, it's 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 an amazing thing. And the interesting thing about it too is that, you know, you get where you have a group of people sitting there. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of excitement that occurs because sometimes we get a lot of physical movement and and it gets excited, but. I, I always have to slow them down and, and, and tell them, you know, the, we set ground rules so that the spirit knows exactly what we want to do. And everybody at the, the table knows what we want to do. So yeah. there's no confusion about it. You, you can't go changing the rules, Dora. And, and, you know, you have to uh, you just can't like shoot questions out like, you know, like a shotgun. It, mm-hmm. You have to give the spirit time to answer and and so forth so mm-hmm. you have to set those those rules mm-hmm. when you when you're doing this type of thing okay now i'm i'm going to pull you up ron because you said you had no discipline but what All you've right. just told me is a disciplined group under good guidance good instruction and that's exactly what it should be that's exactly what every circle should be like mm-hmm. so you know that's exactly what it needs and you're absolutely right you know, that's exactly what's required. Um, there has to be an element of control in the whole thing. <laughs> you don't want someone, you know, feeling a hand on their arm, getting up, screaming, running, jumping out the window, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> to try and get away from the whole thing. It, it has to be in a very kind of... Uh, there's a lot of trust in this, you, 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 you know, and I, th- I think you particularly think there's a lot of trust, there's a lot of emotion, um, oh, because yeah. it's, it, it's hard sometimes. Uh, even... Even when you start to feel an energy coming close to you, uh, it can spark off all sorts of emotion in yourself. And that's sometimes that's the thing that you need to keep back because you can't allow your own emotions to come forward. 
you know, I've I've seen mediums trying to deliver messages from platform or from gal uh, to a gallery uh, while crying, bursting into tears. Mm. It, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's it's not how I work because I feel that you know you need to be in control of yourself. You can't deliver the message if you're emotionally connected to it. You you know it's difficult. Trance is different. Trance is where you can be so deep that you don't actually know what's happening to you. And when we get into the physical level as well, it becomes even deeper because manipulations can happen. Transfiguration, for example, where someone's face appears over yours, yep. that can happen and they can display emotions that aren't actually being experienced by you. And that's something I have experienced. That's actually, I've, I've actually had that happen to me working from the report back of others who were at the circle at the time. And uh, I was, it blew my mind just how close we can all get to spirit when we, when we're, we're honest, earnest, and just we just want to work to improve that contact, you know, and right. and just be better at it. That's all it is. And and you don't know how it's going to uh, appear, how the spirit no, will no. It w manipulate at times. Uh, but you know, I, I know that for instance, uh, Leslie Les is a mental mediumship. She's not a trans mm -hmm. mediumship in any way, but. There were a couple of uh, circles of the red light seances where she actually went into trance and said things that she wouldn't normally say, and uh, <laughs> which for some reasons always seems to be aimed at me. But that's that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, it, it's a intriguing thing, and and some, like I said, sometimes you get messages for the people at the table, but sometimes you just get messages. I remember, and, and this was a very dramatic message, and, and uh, oh my God, two minutes, oh, wow. you're kidding me. Yeah, but so. right at the, and when we first started doing this, before, uh, you know, anything had happened in the world, uh, we were warned by spirit of terrorist attack in Europe. And mm -hmm. this was, way before yeah. there was anything and mm -hmm. why we got that message we will never know but uh you, you sometimes get there. there there are other times that that we got a schematic of a device mm -hmm. uh i wish we had a little bit more information but uh, mm -hmm. i sketched out the best we could but mm -hmm. uh, uh so you don't know what you're going to get through sometimes yeah you get messages for someone at the table sometimes you don't yeah, that's it. That's it. It just depends on the group, the energy, you know, how everything's working and whether or not spirit are coming forward at that point. And it's what so spirit variable. are, we're coming forward. Yeah, that's it. It's so yeah. variable. But the best thing is you, you don't go into anticipating anything. If you go into it open, you've got more chance of it happening. Yeah. Anyways, we're almost out of time, Steve. I know, shocking. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun, though. I enjoyed it. Um, so if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that? You can do it at my website, which is uh, stephenwkscott.com. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add, Stephen? You're going to be no. Just it's, it's been a pleasure again, Ron. I always love talking to you, and just uh, you know, that's um, I hope you and everyone are well, and all the listeners are well, and just wish them all the best. And, and before you go, I, I'm sitting here at Janet's desk, and and I'm looking at a hairy coo. Will you tell our <laughs> listeners? Will you tell our listeners what a hairy coo is? A hairy coo. A hairy coo. Uh, a hairy coo is it's it's basically a cow that's covered in hair. It's like a big kind of highland type beast with huge horns, almost like you know big wide horns on its head. 
etc. Uh, and um, that's basically what the Hairy Coo is. And yeah, well, well, thanks so much. This tunes. We've got to say goodbye and uh, till no next time. Always a pleasure. Yeah, and say hello to Barry for us. I will say hello to Barry. Thank you very much, Ron. Good night. God bless everyone. Okay. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.